my man. And I'm Big Bird. <laughs> you know I'm leaving that one in. <laughs> Hello, I'm Ian. And I'm Ant. And this is Two Brick Gamers. This week on the podcast, we are going to talk to you today about the PS5. So a couple of episodes ago, you heard us doing our little four thoughts for the PS5 and the Xbox Series X. Uh, we have now both been able to get our hands on the PlayStation 5, despite the best efforts of the scalpers. Yeah, we hate the scalpers, but we've managed to get our hands on one. On launch day, in fact, which was good. We both had them delivered late afternoon. Yes, we were mildly concerned it wasn't going to be launch day from the emails we were getting, but it worked in the end. Yes, yes. Damn you, suppliers. But yeah, we've managed to get one. So we, we're a couple of weeks in now to having it, so we thought we'd do a bit of a overview of our feelings towards the PlayStation. Now, for our friends that are Xbox fans, this will be a completely PlayStation episode, as we don't have the Xboxes yet. Indeed, when we do get an Xbox, we will talk about that one for an entirety of an episode. Yes, it'll probably be a short episode, but let's talk about <laughs> it for an entire episode. So I guess we'll start with the good and bad points of the console. We'll look at the console and the hardware itself, the peripherals that come with it, and some of the games that have come out with it as well. We've both got a collection of games that we've purchased or downloaded since uh, the console has come out. Some of them are the PS Plus collection, so the older games. Some of them are the newer games, so we'll talk about those. Now, we, we should point out that both of us have the digital version of the PS5. Neither of us went for the disc copy. Yes, this is correct. One of the points I will make later is about the price of games on a digital-only console. Indeed, look forward to it. Yes. God, it'll just sound like me moaning again. <laughs> so, I guess we'll start with the console itself. If you haven't seen one yet, up close and personal, they are a beast. They are It's It's huge. bloody massive. Yes. If you have some kind of cube storage system that you can get from Swedish furniture shops, it wouldn't fit in there because that's what I use to hold my consoles and this doesn't fit in there. It sits on top of it. Indeed, it's, it's such a massive console. It needs to be more free range than a battery farmed by Ikea. Yeah, it is a bit of a beast, but it is a good looking beast. Won't argue with you on that one. I do yeah, like the look of the it console. Is, it is attractive. We both have ours lying down. As yeah, it, it's it's very tight. It doesn't want to stand up too long. Yeah, if we had them stood up, they would be in the way of our TVs. So that we've had to have them lying down just for safety purposes because of the size of it. It may topple over and cause an earthquake. But yeah, beautiful looking console. Not been tempted yet to mod it myself. Um, I know Sony have gone out of their way to try and stop people modding them now by cutting down the third-party resellers of modding stuff, as in side panels and painting them. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I quite like the original look of it. I, I like the black and white uh, colour scheme on it. Same with the controller as well. I know some people aren't too pleased they've taken the colours away from the buttons, but I really like the minimalistic black and white with grey symbols. Yeah, I, I like the controller as well. I mean, I assume later on down the line you will, like the PS4, be able to buy different versions of the controller in different colour styles. Yeah. But at the moment, yeah, the white and grey is, is very nice, or white and black is very nice. So, the console is really nice, if not a little on the large side. The We can sympathise with it, if nothing else. <laughs> yes. Yes, it's slightly <laughs> on the portly side, like ourselves. And as we've just mentioned about the controllers, so the colour scheme is very nice. The selling point of the controllers is the haptic feedback that they give you, which is amazing if you are playing a game that is built with that in mind. 
we'll come to some of the games that feature that later. But yeah, it's really good. It is amazingly good. That paired with the adaptive triggers as well. It's such a step up from the DualShock 4. Yeah. It's leaps and bounds above anything you've used before as a games controller. I know some people that like the expensive controllers, um, like the Scuff controllers, will probably disagree. But this, as a standard games console controller, is just leaps and bounds above anything I've used before. It feels great in your hands. The controls are good. And the features that they've added uh, with the triggers and the feedback are just... Yeah, next level in gaming, which is what you expect when you buy a next level console. Yeah, and I mean, before we had the PS5, the DualShock 4, well, it still is a very good controller, but going back to it now from the dual sense, it just feels kind of flimsy and light and plastic. And yeah, it the, the dual sense has ruined the controllers for me. Yeah, I agree. It's not something that i'm in a rush to go back to i mean i've got my ps4 set up next to my ps5 and i thought because of my large games collection on my ps4 i may have played it again in the last two weeks and it literally hasn't been turned on actually that's a slight lie it has been turned on to transfer some ps4 save data over to the ps5 for the couple of the games that i've transferred over to that but other than that i've not used the console once yeah, it's exactly the same for me. The only reason I've switched it on is to upload save data to the cloud and to remember what my username was Final Fantasy fourteen, and that's about it. Yeah, that took you a little time to get into. <laughs> it really did, yes. I had a few issues trying to remember my password on that. Although not, not, as, bad as, our, discussion. not as bad as our gaming friend that uh, took days to get back into Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> this is very true. He was very pleased that we mentioned him in the last episode, so we'll mention him again this episode. He could be our mishapped friend. This is one of the perks you get for uh, paying into our Patreon. Uh, and do we have a Patreon? No, not yet, but we will do. No, okay. So it's just, just the fun for our lawyers to overturn our votes. So it's all good. <laughs> so yeah, um, controllers, very good. Console, very good. Other peripherals. We've both had the uh, 3D headset. Yes, I'm very pleased with the, uh, the Pulse 3D. I, I think that's absolutely excellent headset. So, uh, so before but before this with the PS4, I just used the initially the standard single headset that came with the PS4 itself. So it was just a single earpiece with the microphone on the wire. After that, I bought a third-party headset with a little flip-down microphone, which I'm actually using to record this now. Um, but for me, I just much much prefer the Pulse 3D. It's more comfortable. The sound quality on it is fantastic, especially the 3D sound. The, the number of times I've nearly jumped out of my skin because it sounded like somebody has been talking behind me or somebody's been walking behind me. It is a fantastic effect. Yeah, I went slightly differently with the PS4. I had the, the Sony PS4 Gold headset, which was a good headset. Um, I, I liked I've had it for the duration of having the PS4. And this sounds amazing. It is just next level in the way that it does the audio. I do find it slightly uncomfortable compared to the PS4 one, which I know you, you love it and you, you're happy and comfortable with it. It just hurt one of my ears after wearing it for a couple of hours. So uh, that's my only gripe with it. But other than that, it's it's a beautiful headset and it sounds brilliant when you're playing games. So yes, so, we also both got a, a second controller and the charging port for the two controllers as well, didn't we? Which kind of, it almost looks like a little baby mini PS5 that you set your two controllers on. Yep, that's correct. 
to be fair, I haven't actually used mine since I've had it. It's been sat on a computer table behind me and not plugged in. <laughs> oh. You like the charge station, which I have a slight problem with. I brought a charge station for my PS4, which used one of the PS4's USB slots to charge the controllers while it was on. Yes. Whereas the PS5 one, although this, again, is the official one, whereas I didn't buy an official PS4 one. But the PS5 one comes with an actual plug over being able to use it as a USB port. So you actually need to physically plug this one in to be able to charge the controllers. So that's why I haven't done it. One, because it's going to take up an extra plug and I don't necessarily have an extra plug. And two, I normally only charge my controllers anyway while I've got the PlayStation on. So I've just got the wire at the moment running from the PlayStation to charge the other controller while I'm using one. I see, I'm, well, like I said, I'm completely the opposite on that one. I much prefer freeing up a USB port on the PS5 and being able to plug it directly into the mains, uh, mainly because there's only one USB port on the front of the PS5, so I'd rather use that for the communicator for the headset. Oh, okay, fair enough. I mean, I've got uh, the communicator for the headset and the headset charging wire coming out the back of the PlayStation, and I've got a controller charging cable coming out the front of the PlayStation. So I have all three being used. <laughs> But, uh, of course, you have also got another thing plugged into your PS5, which I don't have. Yes, I brought the PS5 camera. Now, I used my PS4 camera a lot. It was constantly plugged into my PS4, and it works as a microphone. So if you're in a chat party and you have several people in your room that you want to use on a chat party, we can all use the microphone on the camera, and it allows you to use the chat party that way. And then the chat party anyone that was talking would then come through the tv and although you'd get a slight echo from it i say slight sometimes it was bad but it worked quite well the ps5 camera does not have a microphone built into it it is just a camera so i've had the ps5 camera sat there i plugged it in the day i got the console after five minutes realized it had no microphone built in it's been unplugged ever since and i haven't used it at all yeah, we're not entirely sure what the purpose of the PS5 camera is at the moment because we know it doesn't work with the VR headset. So the, the, the only possible thing I can think of is that there's some voyeur sat in Sony's offices just quietly watching over all of these cameras waiting for somebody to say a dissenting word about the PS5 so they can send the police around. My guess it will be it's for streamers. So people that want to play games on Twitch, they'll be able to show themselves at the same time as playing the game obviously like i say it won't have the microphone built in so you won't be able to talk through it but yeah i am two and a little bit weeks into having a ps5 and it has literally sat there on top of my tv and not been used as much as i've loved everything about the ps5 so far hardware wise i'm not going to recommend the camera because it's just a 50 pound paperweight at the moment but what you're saying is in order for us to get some value out of the camera we need to start streaming some games Yes, which Excellent. we intend to do next year, I do believe. Indeed, which is next month. Yes, it is. Although I don't think we'll be doing it next month. No, no, and I'm also not sure if this year actually counts towards anything. No, 2020 is a bit of a write-off. I mean, we started a podcast, but other than that, not much good well, has yes, come out of it. It's the one shining light that's come out of 2020 for everyone. Yes, and our international listenership will agree with that. <laughs> So that's we'll hard, find right? ourselves banned at airports. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, what other thing we do need to talk about going back to the PS5 hardware itself 
Uh, well, two things, to be fair, that I want to bring up. First of all is the speed at which it loads things, because yeah. compared to my PS4, let's take uh, let's, let's take an example of a game that I have that you know, Demon Souls. Very, very good-looking game. About 60 gig in total, I think, the size of it is. And I decided to run a little test to see how quickly it loads up from the actual home screen of the PlayStation to being in the game and actually playing. And literally from pressing the X button or the cross button I should say it took 40 seconds and I was in the game and playing which is unbelievably fast yeah agreed I did exactly the same testing Spider-Man Miles Morales and that was 44 seconds from home screen to being able to actually control Miles in the game so four seconds longer but it was just still still impressive that's unbelievably quick compared to something like destiny which we both play a lot and on the ps4 when you click x to enter the well start the game up from the home screen you are literally looking at five to seven minutes before you're even at the character select screen a bit yeah a friend of ours goes and makes a cup of tea every time they start up destiny yeah so they have that much time it's just unbelievable the the, the way it's sped up game loading and hopefully with the future updates of certain games that we play there were PS4 that are going onto the PS5 and the new games that are being designed purely for the console. Yeah, we're saving so much time in life. That we are. And um, actually, another thing I want to bring up about this is the noise. Obviously, before PS5, I had a PS4 Pro, which seemed to have a hobby of turning into a jet engine every now and then. Yeah. The PS5, on some occasions, I've had it left on for a couple of days to download stuff and I've not heard a heap out of it it is, it is absolutely silent it is so quiet it is unbelievably quiet to say there's one huge fan in there i mean i've had times where i've dabbled in pc building and even when you buy ultra quiet fans you can still hear some of them i cannot hear this at all it is so quiet eerily quiet to say <laughs> it's one of the most powerful games consoles in the world it's just so quiet i mean uh, again to compare it to the ps4 there were times where we'd be playing in a party and you guys would be able to hear my ps4's fan over the microphone there would be times where i'd be watching tv from a ps4 or playing a game and i wouldn't be able to hear like, the music the voices or anything in the game because all i could hear was this massive fan yeah. just completely having a burning mine never seemed to struggle as much as yours it struggled in the summer when it was very hot and then you'd hear it kick in but yours the great example was when you play in apex and you were doing some of the, the season stories and it's just basically images and text on the screen there's no not even moving video and yours would kick in to sound like it was taking off on runway two or yeah. three Whereas it could be running like massive 3D open worlds and not make a peep. The second it had to sit still and do nothing for a moment, it just loudly complained via its fan. Yeah. So what do you think so far about the user interface from the change from the PS4? Generally, I quite like it. There are issues with it. I do think there are issues with it. Firstly, the party chat settings. Now, <laughs> I, I believe we've mentioned this before, when uh, a few months ago, Sony changed the party chat settings on the PS4. And it went from a nice, simple way of seeing a friends list, being able to add them into a party. And that was cool. And then it went to a system where you set up a group with people in, and then you'd log into the chat party via that group, which 
was very confusing to begin with, but by the end of using the PS4, I'd got my head around. I know some people struggled with it a bit more, but I wasn't too bad with that. The PS5 uses the same system, but for me in a worse way. I can't see, tell which of the because friends... I, I find this actually better on the PS5 than I did on the PS4. But for me, the PS4 way seems a lot more clunky than the PS5 way does. Yeah, that's interesting. I just find it's harder now to tell. I've got like five or six different parties set up for who's who I play with on a regular basis. And I can't tell from the PS5 when I go into a party who's on the PlayStation and which party they're in. So I, I will start a party and it may be that I've got one extra person in this party than the other party that someone else is in. But I couldn't tell that they were in that party to begin with. I struggle with that. So I find it slightly more confusing. Yeah, because it does it a thing where you go into it, it'll show uh, some of the symbols of the people who are in there who are actually in there and talking. But if you've got over, I think if you've got over four people in there, it can't show everyone. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you kind of have to go in and then find out for yourself. Yeah, we've got a party that's got eight people in, and we struggle with that. I can't, because there's a big group of us that play multiple games and we'll all be on some nights together so yeah there's like eight of us in the party and you can't tell who's in that and who's talking at any one time or who's live in that party and i just find it's it's a little bad i feel that i prefer what the ps4 one became you prefer the ps5 one currently but i think we both agree that what the ps4's chat party system was originally pre say august september this year was much better precisely it was a massive downgrade for me in terms of what the party system was on the playstation and now that we've got listeners in the double figures i think sony realized we are a juggernaut to be listened to and they should now change the party chat back to what it was agreed we we may have to start a petition i I initially thought they did it on the ps4 to make it worse so that on the ps5 they could have the old system to encourage people to go on to the new system but they just decided to keep the same one and I have no idea why they changed it the way they did. Yeah, I don't see why either. It's uh, a little crazy. So yeah, now now that we've griped about the party system a little bit, um, there is another thing I am going to gripe about, and that's about the downloads. For whatever reason at the moment, you can only download one thing at a time on the PS5, uh, compared to the PS4, where I think you have two or three things stacked up and going at the same time. With the PS5, it has to be one at a time. And... This paired with the issues at the start of this console's life where rest mode appears to be bricking some consoles, it's meant that I have had nights where I've just not switched off my PS5. I think uh, I think I got it on the Thursday, the 19th, and it was on for about two days straight because it had to download things sequentially. Uh, hopefully, that is something they're going to patch and bring back the old functionality of multiple downloads, but at the minute, it's a bit of a pain in the bum. Yeah, I get that. It's not the best way of doing it. We both spent a bit of time on the opening night working out how to make the console not go into rest mode after being dormant for a while. So it would just download all night rather than going into rest mode and possibly breaking the system, which is something you shouldn't do on a brand new console that's day one out of the box. But <laughs> but to be fair, it was a good stress test of it. It's, it uh, again, it was still silent even after those two days and it hardly gained any kind of heat at all. It was very impressive. Yeah, I think I got mine delivered about it was somewhere between five and six in the evening, and mine was turned on pretty much from being out of the box, and mine didn't get turned off until probably one, two o'clock Saturday morning. 
So yeah, mine had been on yeah, a good that's about the same. <laughs> good day in a bit. And yeah, still absolutely silent, still not hot, running absolutely beautifully, but shouldn't be in a position where you've got to leave it on all nights, download one game at a time and not be able to put your console into rest mode. Yeah, absolutely. And um, obviously coming from downloads, I suppose we ought to address the elephant in the room of storage space. Yeah. So it was originally advertised as having uh, over 800 gig of storage by the time the operating systems installed and many other things besides it came to about 660 gig i would like to know obviously sony have spent a lot of time and probably a lot of money on the controller that runs the hard drive i would like to know why they only went with an 825 gig hard drive even to the point of price i mean 825 gig hard drives ssds aren't something standard that you go into a shop and buy. You buy a 512 gig hard drive or a terabyte drive. So I wonder why they went 825. I wonder whether there's something in the controller that at current can't handle a bigger hard drive. Yeah, quite possible. It would also explain why you can't buy extra space in in your hard drive either way. You can't buy a bigger version of it at the moment. It no. could be the technology just isn't there. I mean, there is a slot in the PlayStation to add a second SSD in. At the moment, you can put it in, but there's only a certain list of ones that are compatible to work with the console. And PlayStation have done this with the last few consoles. When you brought hard drives that you could upgrade your current console with, they gave you a preferred list of hard drives to use. So yeah. I understand that. And you can put any size second hard drive into this console. But obviously it won't work as fast as the original hard drive because it won't attach the same controller. This will just work as a standard SSD. So it will be quicker, but not as quick as the PlayStation 5's first SSD. But at the moment, you can only use it to store PS4 games. They have not turned on the functionality for the second hard drive to store and use PS5 games. Yeah, it is all very, very weird. But uh, yeah, again, hopefully it's something that this time next year it will be a problem with the past. I mean, you go on the PS4. So PS4s came out with a 500 gig hard drive as standard. That was the only version you brought. And then within a year, there was terabyte drive versions available. And then a year or two later, you'd got the PS4 Pro, which could have a terabyte hard drive. And then you could start to input two terabyte drives into them. So, you know, in kind of the end of 2021, there's probably going to be a one and a half terabyte or a two terabyte version of the PS5. I just find it, I guess, almost laughable to the point of we know game sizes and although some of the big games have come down we've gone from like destiny being one of our main games has just gone from 90 something gig to about 60 gig with the update that's come out and that's not even got the ps5 version available yet this is still the ps4 version we're using but a lot of that size decrease is due to the fact that they've taken half the content out of the game it's not due to the par drive space this is true. Although I've seen, um, I've seen reports on the the update coming in as we're recording this on on Tuesday. It's not actually going to increase the size of the game at all, which no. is good to see. But I think I read that it was going to be fifty seven gig on the PlayStation Five and mm. sixty sixty one on the the Xbox. So yeah, it's not really going to change in size with this update. But the problem is we've gone for we've got a few games here, so. You've got your Demon Souls, which was 60 gig. Uh, Miles Morales was 
40 gig with the Spider-Man remaster at 60 gig on top, so that's 100 gig. Destiny, yep, 60 then. gig. If you wanted Call of Duty Warzone on here, you're looking at that's 127 gig, is it, for the console? I mean, that's like one-sixth of your hard drive taken up in one game. Yeah, well, I also decided to install Final Fantasy XV from the PS Plus collection, and that's 110 gig. Jesus, and that is a lot to have. When you've only got an 825 gig hard drive that can only store 660 gigs worth of content. Yeah, it's especially true when you have a digital-only version console. I mean, I could kind of understand it in a disc version, but when you're doing a digital version only, surely storage has to be quite near the top of your priority list. You would think so. I mean, the the only thing I would say regarding that, I mean, as you know, I'm a... I'm someone that likes to have a disc version, although I've gone digital on this, my PS4, I, I still buy a lot of my games on disc. The only thing with games recently, and I'd say this is the PS4 era, when you buy a disc copy of a game now, you don't actually need the disc for anything other than to start the game, because it That's saves true. all the game data to the hard drive anyway. So whether I've got a digital version of a game or the disc version of the game, the hard drive space is still the same that it takes. I just need the CD version to be able to play the disc version rather than it knowing it's the online version that I've downloaded mm. and not need the disc. So hard drive space-wise, it's not really changed whether you've gone digital or... I find it worrying that they only thought an 825 gig hard drive was a good amount to begin with when your average game size is probably on a AAA game, somewhere between 60 and 100 and something gig. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where, with the PS5-specific games, we should be seeing smaller games coming through. But the problem you got is most games are not PS5-specific. They are going to be cross-platform. And because of that, they're going to be the size they would have been anyway. And, yeah, I mean, it, it's nice that the first-party games are going to be smaller, but it doesn't solve the problem of the third-party games just taking up your entire hard drive. Yeah, it's crazy to think that there's only going to be a handful of games that make use of the way the hard drive is set up. You take, for example, something like Assassin's Creed or Watch Dogs Legion, which is a game that's on both the old generation consoles and both the new generation consoles. The file size is going to be the same. They can't shrink one down because there's no enhancement from one over the other at the moment. There is going to be a ps5 enhancement but at the moment you're not seeing any difference from it you're not making use of the fact that the hard drive is smarter and faster than anything you've had before i think that that's all of our gripes about the ps5 so far unless you have any more to add no not really i was going to say trying to find your trophy collection is slightly more annoying than it was on the <laughs> ps4 yes that's true just because you and i are both someone that on occasional games we like to go for platinum trophies so working out what you've got it's just a little bit more of a pain trying to find out on the PS5 what your trophies are than the world on the PS4. But other than that, no, I do normally like the interface that the PS5 has. Yeah. Um, actually, no, there was something else I was going to mention. The store. Ah. The PS5 store. Going into the store on the PS4 was great. You'd walk in. You'd walk in. You'd slide over to it. <laughs> you'd walk in. The sales assistant would say hi. <laughs> You'd slide over to the right, you'd go to the store, you would see what sales were on, you'd see your collections of games that you had in different genres, and you could select through those. You could see what movies and apps you could download. And I thought the PS4's storefront was quite good. The PS5 one looks nice, but try and search for something. 
There aren't <laughs> genres and categories and sales and whatever. It is literally a list of PS5 games, a list of PS4 games. There's no real way to sort it out. It's... Uh, I will say in, in the last week, I have um, that they have now introduced a sales area on there. So there, there is now a Black Friday sales list. That you oh, can I, I haven't noticed that. But yeah. um, but other than that, you're right. The, the only genres you had a choice between before then were PS5 games or PS4 games. Here's a list. And it's fine if you go in on the PS5 games list because there's literally only 20 games on there. But go to the PS4 games list and you've got like 2,000 games and it is just <laughs> literally a list of games. Oh, I tell you what, I've got another one actually I want to moan about. I'm sorry, this is oh, going God, on. Oh, God, we set them off, folks. You have, you have. <laughs> get comfortable, get comfortable. The collection of games you have linked to your PlayStation account is far worse on the PS5 as well. So do, do you mean the, the games library? Yeah, that's what I mean. The games library. <laughs> <laughs> the games library is set up far worse on the PS5 than it was the PS4. So on the PS4, I could go in, I could see all the games I had in the library. I could hide ones that I no longer wanted to see or delete them off the list. So like PT, I couldn't play anymore, so I'd, I'd hidden that from my list. Some of the demos that I downloaded that I no longer wanted to see anymore, I'd removed from my list. So when I was hunting for a game, let's say like uh, Detroit Become Human, so I'd got the full copy and the demo copy. I'd hide the demo copy because I don't want to see that anymore. I just want to be able to get to Detroit. On the PS5, it shows anything that's ever been linked to your PS3, 4, and 5 accounts. Whether you've played it on PS Now, PS Plus, downloaded it to your, your hard drive, or whether you just own it. It shows games that it can't play. So PS4 demos the PS5 can't play. There are a list of titles on the PS4 that the PS5 can't play. And it shows them. They're greyed out, so you can't select them. If you click onto them, it says, follow this link to see how to be able to play this game or go back to your old console. But you can't hide them. You can't delete them. And I just find that system a little odd that the PS4 had a hide-delete function and the PS5 doesn't. Yeah, I mean, what what the the PS4 had as well was just a list alphabetically of all your games, whereas this is just a big block of pictures for what you own. And like you said, for for the games that can't come across, it still shows them that they're greyed out, almost as if to to taunt you of the memory of the games you were once able to play. And reason weirdly fifa 14 is one of the games that they decided not to bring forward but yeah i mean it's not as intuitive it's not as easy to navigate through as the ps4 one was but as we know these things tend to change over time so i'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt that they're going to listen to feedback from people and this will improve over time these are all very small gripes apart from possibly the chat system They're all very small gripes that probably will get fixed over time when the system gets a little bit of age and people have moaned about stuff. Other than that, don't get me wrong, the console is amazing to use. And oh, oh, yeah. the benefits definitely outweigh the cons at the moment. But there are just a few cons that we, we have noticed, and that is them. Yeah, and, and you know, despite the last 15 minutes of us talking about the bits we don't like, I think it's it's safe to say we both love this console. Oh, and yeah. It feels like a proper step up to a new generation. Yeah, speed and the controller and the sound that comes through the headset genuinely make you feel like there has been a good leap forward from where my PS4 Pro was to where my PS5 is now. Yeah, and I, and I think that controller, the the Dual Sense, is going to be the big factor in what ends up being the best console for this generation. 
I mean, I, I know the Xbox Series X, uh, again, it's got its SSD, it's going to be quick loading, it's got a good controller because the Xbox controller historically is very good and not much has changed on this other than maybe the D-pad. But the feedback you get through the DualSense is such a step up that even Phil Spencer, Microsoft's I think like the head of Xbox stuff, I don't know his official title, even he has acknowledged the job they've done with the DualSense and that they want to learn from it. It's, it's just a step up in the right direction, yes. which, is, which is good. I guess the, the we, we could go into games now, and I guess leading on to the way the DualSense works, the first game that most people will play because it's pre-installed on your PlayStation 5, you don't have to download it, which I really like the fact that they pre-downloaded this for you. Yes, Astro's Playroom is actually the first game that both of us have platinumed on the PS5 as well, and we did yep. it in about the first 24 hours of owning one. It is a very, very good game. On the face of it, looks like a kiddie kind of platformer, but it's not. There's a lot of throwbacks to old PlayStation stuff, old content and games. It's just a fun walk through history of the PS1 to PS5. It's so well made. This, in yeah. my eyes, they need to give this a proper full AAA budget to make a proper game with this kind of stuff because it is just so good. Yeah, because uh, Astrobot is something that they used as a demonstration for the PlayStation VR. It was uh, one of those games that came as part of the, I think it was called the VR Playroom, maybe. And they then later on did make a full Astrobot game for PlayStation VR. So I am keeping my fingers crossed that they do the same here because i mean yes it, it is supposed to be a big tribute to the history of playstation but in itself it plays so well it is an excellent platform game yeah i saw someone else in a review make this comment but and i i 100 agreed with it when i saw this comment it is the next best platformer available after mario games i can't think of another game that gets close to like the 3D Mario games that this gets to. Oh, that's a big claim, and now I'm trying to wrap my brain to think of other other 3D platformers. Yeah, I, uh, I I can't think of one I've enjoyed so much that I'd got no intention of giving the time of day really, and literally for the first 24 hours of owning the PlayStation, could not put the game down until we both planned them. It was oh yeah, just... and then and then myself and one of our friends sat on uh, the time trials for one of the levels for about three hours yeah. just constantly running the same level over and over and over again trying to get a better score trying to get a faster time and we didn't get bored of it because it plays that well the little notifications you get as well which was a oh such and such had beaten your score go back and try and beat it again it was really oh, good i don't remember seeing such notifications myself <laughs> <laughs> there was one point where i was in front of you on a couple of them <laughs> and then you went to spend three hours and yeah but it's just such a good little game. And to show off the dual sense the way that it does, the haptic it triggers the, the feedback, it just is so well done. Yeah, and, and we have to remember, really, that was one of the main purposes of the game was to show off what the dual sense can do and i mean we, we've had rumbling controllers since the days of the n64 and the rumble pack but this takes it to the next level there are bits in it where your mind can't quite figure out how they've done it there, there's uh, one of the levels i think it's memory meadows where it just starts raining and you can feel the individual drops of rain around the pad and i don't know how they've done that 
No. It's absolutely incredible. And then uh, there's another ice level where you're just skating around as your little robot, and it feels like you're skating around on ice through the controller. It, it is a genuinely incredible thing. Yeah, I highly recommend anyone who's got a PS5 and hasn't played it or anyone who's going to get a PS5 and you're thinking of what the first game is you're going to play. It was not on the top of our list when we did the what to expect on the PS5 a couple of episodes ago. It is very much now on the top of our please play this when you get a PS5 because it is amazing <laughs> list. Don't get me wrong. It's not the longest game. You can platinum the game in probably six to eight hours. And oh yeah, it, it not, is. It's, not it's, a, it's a free demo game. It's not going to be too long, but it is perfectly made. Yeah, that genuinely the way to start off your console was that, and that was amazing. And I think it would be remiss for us not to mention the music in this game. Yeah, I I, I was going to bring I it up as well. Love the soundtrack. I love the soundtrack of this game. Whether it's the the music from the title screen, whether it's from your PlayStation Museum, or of course the GPU song. Yeah, it's so good from start to finish. You will find when you go to the GPU area. The words, the lyrics, there's even places where you can find the lyrics for the song in the GPU area, which are hidden slightly. So, yeah, it's catchy as hell. You just you just spend hours. You could just sit in rest mode there and listen to the music. It is great. Yeah, out of all the games so far, this is the one where if I'm just out walking down the road, this is the soundtrack that just jumps into my head out of absolutely nowhere. And I don't complain about it because it's brilliant. Used to be four guys, it's now this. <laughs> what well, one day we will have to do an episode on video game soundtracks, and uh, I think uh, we should probably have to throw this in there at some point. Yeah, agreed. So we've now ventured onto games, and Astrobot is is a firm favourite of ours. So what? After Astrobot, would you say is the best thing you've played on the PS5 so far? So if if we're talking PS5 exclusives. Uh, the thing for me that has most demonstrated what it can do and that I have thoroughly enjoyed, despite the fact it just seems to want to beat the hell out of me every second I'm playing it, and I've mentioned it already, is Demon's Souls. Now, this is a game that originally came back, came out on the PlayStation 3 and has been remade in its entirety for the PlayStation 5. Now, I did play this originally when it came out. Fortunately, it's been so long that I have forgotten most of it. But it plays absolutely brilliantly. It is what I want from a Soulsborne type of game. Even though it's supposed to be the first in the series, it still feels modern, it still feels relevant, and it looks absolutely beautiful. And I mentioned earlier on with the Pulse 3D and the 3D surround sound. This is the game that best demonstrates it for me. This is the game that has made me jump out of my skin on numerous occasions, whether it's because I've heard footsteps literally behind me and turned my head around to look over the sofa, or because somebody started speaking and in the game they're behind you. And so I just hear a voice coming from behind me and think there's somebody stuck up on me. It is an absolutely brilliant game and an excellent demonstration of what the ps5 is capable of this is not a game that i would normally go for so it's not one that's been on my list and i didn't purchase it but you've sent a few video clips over it and what i've seen of the game it looks absolutely stunning graphics wise it just looks beautiful it seems to play 
crisp and smooth and I can understand why you jump out your skin with some of the bits you've sent over so I yeah agreed it looks amazing I've not played it I may get around to playing it eventually there are more games at the top of my list than that but yeah just for an opening game that that came out we only kind of knew about it two months before the console came out so what we had beforehand looked good and then this yeah the actual gameplay looks amazing yeah I, I was so excited when they announced it but there is one point, especially quite near the start of the game, where you're walking across a bridge and there is a dragon that routinely flies around it and will basically swoop down, breathe fire on the bridge, and you need to get across before it gets to you. And with that headset on, you can tell where it is in relation to your character. And that that's just the most amazing feeling that you're kind of walking along and you think, well, okay, up to my right, it's currently flying and it's coming now round behind me. And you can tell how close it's getting. <laughs> it's just amazing. The console just has a way of being able to do things very well. And yeah, you've you've got that with Demon Souls. I've got that with what's at the top of my list as well. The Spider-Man Miles Morales game is just unbelievably good. It is a very good successor to the original spider-man game uh, as i've mentioned i've brought the remastered pack as well so i've got the original spider-man to replay on the ps5 i think you've done the same haven't you you've you've brought the. i i have yes and i've for some reason i've decided i'm going to play through the original spider-man game first before going back into miles morales just because i want to remind myself of what happened yeah i don't blame you i think i played spider-man more recently than you so i was quite happy to jump straight into miles i i have started spider-man i've literally i've done fist tower at the beginning it's not i'm not that far in but with miles i'm going for the the platinum i i, I was up till half one in the morning last night going for all the collectibles and all the trophies i i'm so close i've got two gadgets left to get and i've got one uh one training mission to do I'm so yes, I, I, could, I could hear your frustrations with the stealth missions over the headset. Yeah, the stealth missions are <laughs> annoying. I say annoying. They're really well done. I just, ah, I'm not stealthy. I'm a big lad. I'm not stealthy <laughs> at all. Just, again, it plays so well. The controller is great in relation to the game. The sound plays really good when you're using the 3D headset. Again, the same as you, although less so in this kind of game. But you can hear the sound all around you. You know, When you're on a street level, people shouting behind you, you hear it coming from behind you. I mean, the, the, the one hope I have for the sound in this game with, with 3D surround is, as you are swinging around the city, do you hear the wind rush past you? Do you know what? I can't say that I've noticed it. But that just might be me and my tinnitus ringing in my ear that says I can't hear it properly. I, you know what? I'm going to have to listen for that when I turn it back on later to do the last mission that I've got. But That's fair enough. Uh, and I will report next podcast whether I can hear the wind in Spider-Man. Actually, well, one thing I didn't mention actually with Demon's Souls, and I'd be interested to hear how it's been used in Miles Morales, is the uh, the adaptive triggers and the haptic feedback. So things like when you're walking down a corridor and you swing your sword, but it's not wide enough, it will hit the wall. And you will get, you know, you'll, first of all, you'll hear that clang through your, your headset. You'll feel it hit the wall through the controller, but you'll also feel the button push back because it can't go any further because it's hit that wall. Yeah, you get the same in Spider-Man with uh, regards to, say, if you're trying to web an enemy and it's not an enemy you can web or you're trying to hoist an enemy towards you they kind of pull you back because it's one of the big guys that you can't hoist towards you and you feel the controller fight back, alert you to the fact that you're 
you're not doing what you want. Yeah, again, it works so well. No complaints. Absolute no complaints. The game on a whole is great. Maybe a little too short, but we knew it wasn't a, a full AAA title game when it was coming out. We knew it was more of a, not a mini game or a side game, but yeah, it's not. In comparison to the length of Spider-Man, it's nowhere near as long. But Yeah, and I mean, just Mars Morales on its own, uh, it's, it's not full price, is it? It's something like 40 or 50 pound. Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, forty nine ninety nine with on its own, and then it goes up to sixty nine ninety nine if you buy the Spider Man remaster. So it's yeah, so, so if you're paying price. for a full game, you actually end up with a game and a half. Yeah, I will quite happily say, although it's a little on the short side, it's for me along with Astro Bar, it's the best thing I've played on the PlayStation. It just looks great. You know it's the same New York City that you've been playing in Spider-Man. This one's set around Christmas time, so it's all snowy in the street. So, obviously, you can see these graphical differences. There's there's little things that they've changed. Some of the buildings have had to change due to licensing issues. Last well, night, one has disappeared entirely, I believe. Yeah, I think it's the Chrysler building, because the owner of the real Chrysler building has changed in between games. So, although it's in Spider-Man and the Spider-Man remaster, it's not in Miles Morales, because they don't have the rights to the, uh, the the building any longer. One of the things you have to talk about as well, I think, with Miles Morales, and it's actually something that's not in Demon's Souls, is uh, the use of ray tracing, which is new to PS5. Well, it's obviously not new to those of to those of you with a high-end PC, but in terms of consoles, this is something quite new. Yeah, uh, again, absolutely not a single complaint from it. It looks great. The one thing, when I set the game up, it gives you options graphically because you can, with Spider-Man, you can either play the game in 60 frames a second or 60 FPS or 30 FPS with ray tracing. You can't play with 60 frames and ray tracing. So I've been playing in uh, 30 FPS with the ray tracing. I've not actually even tried 60 frames a second yet, but absolutely not a single complaint graphically with it. It looks amazing. The the detail in reflections in windows is good. It, yeah, I just I can't sing the praises of the game highly enough. <laughs> yeah, the, the the use of light in the videos I've seen from this is absolutely stunning. So I must admit, I'm quite looking forward to just finishing Spider-Man PS4 remastered and getting onto Miles Morales because I can't wait to see how it looks. Yeah, the the story is great as well. If you're a comic book fan, if you've watched something like Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse recently, you, you'll get a lot of the references in this because it seems, although it's not, uh, you know, it's nothing to do with the film technically. You know it falls in line with the film beautifully even down to one of the suits you can unlock is the spider-verse suit so it looks like you're playing the animated cartoon version of of spider-man rather than the video game version something that the um the original ps4 spider-man did very well with some of the suits and you could have an animated version of that spider-man with Mars Morales, you can get uh, there's an animated version and there's a uh, the the spider-verse animated suit as well so yeah i can't see the game's praises highly enough Spider-Man was one of the best games I played on the PS4, and so far this is the top of my list on the PS5. Nice. Now, uh, another game I've uh, I've got, which I don't think you, in fact, I'm almost certain you haven't picked up yourself, is um, WRC Nine. Now, I wouldn't say I'm a huge racing game player, but I do like a good rally game. And at the launch of the PS5, it was between this and the new Dirt Rally game. Uh, from what I understand about Dirt Rally, it's mainly 
stuff like Jim Carr and stuff and kind of goes away from traditional rallying, which is less what I was looking for. Whereas WRC9 is like your official title with all the proper tracks and it's full on po-faced rallying. And, you know, again, it, we spoke before about our concerns about the prices of games. Uh, this is... Well, it was originally a PS4 game. It's been upgraded to PS5. It's only a couple of months old, and it was 25 quid when I bought it. That's so price. no complaints at all about the price. The reason I brought WRC9 is because of its use of haptic feedback and the adaptive triggers. This, I, th- I think we're going to see, is going to be the main difference between PS4 and PS5 games. Although, you know, PS5 games do look better. Visually, I don't think we're getting the, the generational leaps anymore that we used to get from, say, PS1 to PS2, PS2 to PS3. So it, it's, it is now more about how console manufacturers and game makers can innovate. And this game, bizarrely, is, is one of the best examples of the use of uh, the haptic feedback and the triggers. As you are driving along, obviously with rally, you're generally going on quite rough surfaces that can change over time. And you can feel the stones in the road on the tyres as you're going along through the pad. You can feel the change in surface where, as you're going around the track, if the wheel goes off the track slightly, maybe into the grass, you can feel that, say, like the right-hand wheel goes off, you can feel the right side of the controller starts to rumble more because it, it's gone off the track, whereas the left side is still just hitting those um, those rocks in the road. You get the, the, the triggers resisting as you're initially first trying to accelerate. So you really have to push hard to get the car to accelerate. Once you're up to speed, slow down a little bit, you want to speed up again, it's not as hard. Like with the brakes as well, if you're going fast and you need to hit the brakes, you feel that resistance in the brakes as you're going. And driving games are things I normally like to get a wheel for because in my head it just works a lot better than trying to use a control stick. If you gave me a real-life car with a control stick, I would lose my license within about five minutes. (laughs) But I love playing this with the dual sense because of the feedback it gives you because of the information you're getting from what you're doing which you never got before through a controller and it is just an excellent use of for me what is the best change in this generation yeah i've not played the rally game yet it's something i'd be interested in going out so maybe something i'd pick up i guess the follow-on from that would be how is something like Gran Turismo going to play when that comes out using that controller? Oh, I'm so excited. I cannot wait to see what they do with that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that as well. I wouldn't necessarily say Gran Turismo would have been at the top of my list to buy, but I think the way the the controllers have been used so far in other games, when you've got a game like Gran Turismo coming out that's going to be a PlayStation exclusive, hopefully that makes the best of the the technology they've got. And yeah, I'm looking forward to playing that. So it may get bumped up to something I buy when it comes out. (laughs) So what else have you been playing then, Ant? What else have I played? No Man's Sky. Nice. And I've played more No Man's Sky on the PS5 than I think I ever did on the PS4. (laughs) And I've owned it since day one. I couldn't get on with it when I had the PS4. The PS5 version has a update to, to make it graphically better for the PS5. You'll be able to talk about this more than I will. Uh, <laughs> because, yeah, I've, I've enjoyed playing it, but you're far more into this than I am. Yeah, I mean, a, a friend of ours only recently bought it when he got his PS5, so he'd never played it before. So he's been getting quite into it. And I've been giving him some little tips and tricks as he's been going along, because I, I have played it a bit. On, on the PS4 compared to yourself. You know, I've, I've got to the point where I've, I've got a freighter, I've got frigates, I've got a ludicrously expensive ship. 
uh, traveling from system to system is no big hassle for me anymore. But uh, but yeah, you, for yourself, you're still quite early on and still learning things and finding new things to do. Yeah. But yeah, I'm enjoying playing it. The, the update for the PS5 is nice. It's not a big game. It's on sale at the moment, although I, I begrudgingly re-brought it because I have a disc version on the PS4, so I had to rebuy it where you had a digital version, so you just got the upgrade for free. So I, I've now owned the game twice. <laughs> Liked it so much, you bought it twice. I'm not going to say that, but yes. <laughs> but uh, actually, one again, it's something you would expect from this generation. What well, one of the big changes has been the loading times. It's been so much faster to get into the game now, and to you know to travel to different systems. It used to be when you first started the game, but uh, the, the way it does it is it you, you go play a game and it just comes up with a picture of space. It says No Man's Sky, which fades away, and then you kind of travel forward. And you see like, the names of different systems around you. And it would usually be the case you'd sit there for a while just seeing all these names fly past. It's got to the point with the PS5 where I don't actually see any names because it doesn't have time to do it. It's something I remember from the old version on the PS4 where it wasn't a quick process to load into the game. But now it's, yeah, it's a matter of seconds before you're in and in your ship or on your planet. So going from one <laughs> space-based game, I think really we, we have to mention Destiny, really, don't we? Yeah. Well, we don't have to, but we are. <laughs> so shortly before the PS5 launched, uh, Destiny got its Beyond Light update which we all had a chance to play on the PS4, and it is now obviously available on the PS5. Uh, it's not yet been optimised for the PS5. That's going to be happening uh, on the 8th of December, which is only a couple of days away for us. Uh, by the time you hear this, it's probably something that will have already happened. But already, the improvements in the load times of Destiny are very noticeable. I mean, we, we mentioned earlier on about how it used to take five or six minutes to get into the game, how you'd have time to make a cup of tea. It's still not the fastest to load in, but it's significantly quicker. When you're traveling to different locations, you're no longer sat there for a couple of minutes. It's literally a few seconds and you're there. Yeah, the load times have dramatically decreased once you're in the game. I, I would say that there is still a little bit of the time from menu screen to character selection or being in orbit with when you first turn on the game it's still a little long but yeah the speed now from selecting your destination to landing on the planet and being able to play the game has massively decreased and i think graphically it, it seems a little crisper i mean we were both playing this on a ps4 pro anyway yeah yeah so we, we, still, we already had 4k graphics going but uh obviously there are people out there who have gone from a standard playstation to a 5 and it will be a noticeable difference yeah we've had that not necessarily with destiny but with Final Fantasy fourteen. Myself and you have the Pro, whereas our the third friend that plays this with us, he was on a standard PS4 Slim, so he'd never played that in HD, and he's noticed a massive jump going up from the the standard to the HD version of the game. So yeah, you'd have the same noticeable bump, I guess, if you'd gone from Destiny playing on a uh, standard PS4 now to the, the PS5 with your HD graphics. But uh, yeah, I think the the big noticeable changes for us are going to come in after this upgrade, hopefully. But uh, for now, you know, it's, it still plays the same. It doesn't look too different from a PS4 Pro version. The main difference, as I'm sure you've all guessed by now, is the loading time. If you're someone that likes this game or you're tempted to play it, it's it's, in, it's got better because it's 
increased in the speed. It's also worth noting the base version of the game is free as well, so you can just jump in and try it out, and if you don't like it, you just delete it and you've lost nothing. Yeah. Become a new light player now. Now, before we do finish up, uh, there is obviously one question that everyone does want to have an answer to, Ant, and uh, that is how many days of your life has been lost to bugs now? None. <laughs> Approximately about an hour to an hour and a half. <laughs> We've got differing views on this. Uh, you were you were very excited for this game, and you honestly, liked I don't it. think they're that differing. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you liked this. It's it's okay. It's it's nothing amazing. I think the main reason to enjoy bug stacks is the bungers, which it's... are your hamburger bugs that walk around just repeatedly saying bunga 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 as they go. And I could just sit there and have a farm of them and listen to them wandering around, and I'd be happy. That could be the game, but in terms of in terms of that, gameplay, does it compel me to go back to it? Not especially. It's it's awful. I'm sorry, but it's really not good. <laughs> and I guess you can probably tell that by the fact that the launch video for it didn't show you any actual gameplay. It made out that it was fun and exciting, but actually, it's really not. It's really slow and dull. It's fun on some levels the little creatures that you eat all have their own individual characteristics and make their own noises that are to do with their own names and like the bunga which is fun and it, it's very fun but we've got our, our our friend has got kids and they didn't get on with this either they loved astro's playroom they hated bug snacks they they like went on it for like 20 minutes and went this is dull and if you can't get little girls and boys to like the game i don't see why an adult would want to play the game either it's just not fun yeah i think it's one of those ones where i'll probably go back to it in a few months time and give it another go and just properly try and actually get into it and see whether or not it improves or changes in any way but right now i don't feel any compulsion to play bug snacks okay so i rescind my earlier comment we don't have differing views we both don't enjoy it <laughs> and i I'm going to, along the line of bug snacks, I'm going to give uh, my view on one other game that I got that you did and Watch Dogs Legion. Oh, take it away. Now, you load into the game and you start with a character that you, looks like a secret agency type of player. You're going into the Houses of Parliament, plays really nicely. And then you get into, that, that kind of prologue section happens. And then you go into the main game where you get to select your own character and set them up and the game takes a dramatic downturn from there <laughs> the script yeah, I, I, I know you enjoyed Watch Dogs 2 so I was really hoping you were going to get something out of this I, 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 I love Watch Dogs 1 I didn't like Aiden Pearce that was the only problem with that game the game was good oh yeah bit repetitive towards terrible the protagonist but yeah, didn't like Aiden. Watch Dogs 2, recently went back to and, and played. Haven't finished it yet. I'm about halfway through the game. Really like, plays really well. Like the story. Uh, yeah, good game. Watch Dogs Legion. <sighs> there is, there's some good points. It looks amazing. You're driving around London in a car and it looks great. You know the, the landmarks that you can see. Plays nicely. The controls are decent most of the time. No major real gripes with the game as such. Until you start listening to the voice acting, which is the first big letdown. Now, 
Hang I'm on, gonna... you trying to tell me that uh, people potentially British in a in a game set in London sounds bad? I'm going to guess that Americans that have never actually <laughs> spoken to an English person and only see us on TV honestly believe that we all talk like a speeded up version of someone from EastEnders, and we're all we're all really dodgy Cockneys. This is Dick Van Dyke on Smack, kind of oh, wow. bad. Admittedly, something I'd like to see. Well, carry on. yeah, it's just. The script isn't good. So got everyone trying to be young and hip in ways that no British person would be young and hip. And Other than us, of course. The, well, yeah. Good, good. The accents to go along with it are just awful. They are the worst hammy acting. I, <laughs> I, I told you about it at the time when I first played this. So there's a scene in the film Independence Day. Now, I know Independence Day is probably the best part of 25 years old, but there is a scene in there where you cut to, I think it's Iraq, and the British Air Force are there waiting for the Americans to give them the, their their instructions. And it's like, oh, jolly-ho, lads. It's, and it's well, awful. Well, it's about bloody time. Yeah, and it's, it's <laughs> awful voice acting, pretending to be English. And this game makes Independence Day look good. Has anybody called you governor yet? I've got to say, I'm only a couple of hours into the game and I haven't been called governor yet. Or if I oh, have, right. I haven't paid attention to it. But yeah, well, that's just, another mark against the game then, okay. It's just awful. I'm sorry, but it's <laughs> not good. And then, so turn the volume down, put the subtitles on, carry on playing the game. One of the first missions you've got to do is you've got to go to two places. One of them is to do with changing a billboard from propaganda to your own propaganda. And another one is to get into a safe room in a building and get some data. And I have problems with both those two things. Now, bearing in mind, you've done the the little intro mission, then selected your own character. You've gone to a pub to find your base. And then this is the first mission you do. To get to the billboard you have to do a jump now at no point up to this stage has it told you how to jump in the game i've played the game twice because i wondered if i made a mistake it doesn't tell you how to jump there is no jump button so i fell down this hole five six seven eight times so i went into the menu and found or looked for a jump button there isn't a jump there's a parkour button so it's hold x to do parkour now, but I wouldn't necessarily say one jump like this is parkour. It's, it's a jump. So I tried it and I held X. And the first time I still fell down. And then I went back up, tried again. And a second time, jumped over the ledge onto this gap. But I just found it wasn't intuitive because at no point it told you that you were doing parkour in this game. And no clue as to how to jump this gap until you read in the instructions that that was the parkour button. And I also had the same problem at the other area with this gate that I had to open which was to flick a switch somewhere else at the other side of the building. But when I scanned, I had nothing to tell me that that was the place to go to, and it just didn't work properly. The second time I loaded into the gate, I actually could see the wire go leading along, and it's like it didn't load in the first time, and it did the second. So fortunately, this is the reason I ended up resetting the game, because I one, because of the jump, and two, because I, I... struggled with this getting into this room but it's just not the most intuitive of games and i'm on the first proper mission yeah and and just to add a bit of weight to your argument there i I have played a number of games with you where you've not known how to do something and got a bit frustrated with it but that's because you've actually skipped the tutorial and i've been able to tell you how to do it (laughs) on this occasion you've listened to the tutorials 
and they've told you nothing. <laughs> I'm really bad. I, although I like playing Final Fantasy fourteen, I cut all the cutscenes out because I just can't be bothered with the reading. There's so much of it. I, I spent years reading Zelda games. I'm not doing it for Final Fantasy. So... <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm bad for skipping cutscenes in some games, but other games I'm not. And I didn't skip anything in, in Watch Dogs. I, was, I wanted to play it. I wanted to like it. And I just, I just find it a bit of a damp squib. The accents are bad. The script is bad from what I've played so far. And it's not intuitive. It's not anywhere as good so far as Watch Dogs 1 and 2 were. Yeah, it's, it's a real shame because I know you really enjoyed Watch Dogs 2 and that you were looking forward to this. Yeah. And yeah, because I was thinking of getting it myself after, you know, after waiting to hear what you thought of it. And, it and I'm just, assuming you're not going not to get it then. Time. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't bother. I really wouldn't bother. I mean, I got it on sale. It was on sale the day, the Friday, the day after the PlayStation was received. And it was 38 99 and it's a waste of thirty eight ninety nine so far because I, I've got. I'm more looking forward to going back and playing the remaster of Spider Man, a game I've already platinumed, than I am going back to Watch Dogs, which I'm two three hours into. Yeah, and that's just disappointing for me. And it's a shame because a lot of Ubisoft games are decent, but yeah, this just was not good. Well, speaking of Ubisoft, I uh, actually did download earlier this week Immortals: Phoenix Rising. Ah, yes. So um, this is a game that's had, I can't tell if it's had a big build-up or a small build-up, because I know I've seen bits of it all over the place, but a lot of people seem to have just never heard of it. But um, it takes a lot of its inspiration from Breath of the Wild. It is a big open world with kind of cell-shaded-ish cartoony graphics. It's taken the ideas from Zelda of things like, uh, you know, you can climb up any surface you want, uh, you have have a glider of sorts. Uh, one thing it thankfully hasn't brought over is the weapons that die after two uses. That's that's one thing, actually, I, I do like over Breath of the Wild. It is a good game. It, it plays well mechanically. It, it's still taking its time to kind of really grab me, but I can tell that once it does, I'll probably put a lot of hours into it. It's, it's all based around Greek mythology as well. So, you know, for those of us who grew up watching films like Clash of the Titans or Jason and the Argonauts, there's going to be a fair few references in there that you'll get. One thing that actually has stood head and shoulders above the rest of the game for me is the combat. So compared to something like uh, Breath of the Wild, this combat system is far more akin to something like, say, Devil May Cry or Bayonetta. It's all about fast-paced combat, dodging, parrying, and it, it is actually a really fun game. There are bits that annoy me, like some of the characters really do just get on my nerves. But in terms of how it plays, it's really fun. It looks lovely. And the lessons they've learned from Breath of the Wild, they seem to have built upon them really well. The big downside I've seen so far is that the game does contain microtransactions, which is usually a bit of a red flag for me. Boom. But so far, it just seems to be for like buying skins and so forth and as long as it doesn't impact on the game then fine they can stay there if people want to buy new skins for the character they can doesn't bother me in the slightest as long as it's not a case of you go in you spend money and now you are a god and you can destroy everything that's fine overall i'm actually quite enjoying it this is a game i am very tempted by mostly because of my love of breath of the wild every review i've read the first line is you know it's it's like a sister game to breath of the wild kind of game i've watched a couple of in-depth reviews online about it and both of them have gone the game looks beautiful the combat is amazing the puzzle solving aspects of it are 
very dull and get very boring very quickly. And um, that's the I'm one thing that's I've, putting I've, me off buying it. I've had no, I've had no issue with yeah, the puzzle solving so far. I mean, um, as you go along, it looks like it introduces new powers as you go. Like the first thing you get is your sword, then you get a big axe, then you get um, a pair of braces that let you lift heavy objects and you get your bow and arrow. And actually, with, with the bow especially, there's a thing where you can fire the arrow and then you control the arrow and you guide its path for where you want it to go. And so far, I've... I mean, there's been a few block-pushing things, but nothing to really tax the brain, but... So far, the bow and arrow seems to be the best use of puzzle solving, whereby you'll be going through a little dungeon. There will be an optional arrow with a chest in there, and the way you get it is by firing an arrow up through a hole, controlling it to then go down and hit a target within that room, which is actually controlled really nicely. And so far, I'm absolutely happy with the puzzle solving. I mean, I'm still quite early on in the game. It could be, say, 100 hours in. It'll get a bit tedious, but I'm enjoying it so far. Yeah, good. I may be tempted. I will need a game over Christmas. Although, at the moment, I'm partially, I think, saving myself for Cyberpunk. Yes, indeed. That does come out next week. Yeah. But uh, but part of me also kind of wants to wait until the PS5 upgrade comes out for Cyberpunk, just so I can enjoy it properly. Yeah, I think I'm at the same point as you. I want to play it, but it might just be worth waiting for the PS5 update. My only concern with that is that there's also going to be a PS5 upgrade coming out for The Witcher 3. And if they come out at the same time, it's entirely possible no one will ever see me again. <laughs> Yeah, that would uh, not be surprising. With updates as well, there is an update to Avengers coming this week. It's not the PS5 update, but it is the new content with Kate Bishop. The, uh... Although I, I was reading yesterday they have cut quite a few things out of it. Oh, uh, okay. That would be disappointing. So there were going to be like new bosses and challenges and things, but they've had to cut them. Oh, that would be disappointing then. So maybe don't get excited mm. for the new Avengers update. <laughs> Curb that enthusiasm, people. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess the last thing we'll mention is what what I teased earlier, the price of games. Mm. And we've mentioned it when we had the prelude episode to the PS5, but I guess now we've got the PS5s, it is more mentionable because every game on the store is pretty much like, I for fifty nine ninety nine or sixty nine ninety nine, and we still have that issue with. I could go online and buy the same games from certain online retailers for forty to forty five pound. So the fact that we're playing for the PS Plus and the PS Now, if you've got that system, and then you're paying top whack for games on the PS five as well when. You're not playing for any distribution costs. You're not paying any third-party retailers. You are downloading straight from Sony, yet the game is still 20 to £25 more than it would be in a retail environment. Is just a little on the sore side, I guess. But uh, at the same time, I think because we've asked that, that cross-generational point, there are games that are coming out for both generations and they're not hitting the £70 price point. We are also seeing quite regular sales. So like you mentioned earlier on with Watch Dogs, you've got that for 38 quid i got wrc for 25 quid so yes they have brought in the 70 pound price point but even with digital sales there are still ways to get games cheaper yeah i, I mean i'm sat here waiting for like uh, assassin's creed valhalla to drop in price and if uh phoenix rising uh immortals hadn't been 70 quid i probably would have brought that as well if i could have got them for 40 quid i'd have probably already owned those games whereas paying almost twice as much for them is yeah i'll wait for them to come down in a sale so i've probably got less games than i probably would have if i've got a disc copy of the console 
but therefore I've, I've saved the 90 quid by not buying the disc copy of the console as well. So. Plus also, would you have had the time to play them at this point? Well, no, I, I've not had time to play everything I've got currently, never mind what I, I want to own as well. So. <laughs> so there you go. There is our review of the PlayStation. I guess what you can take away from this is it's not perfect, but it is very, very, very good. Yeah, we are both very happy with our purchase. Yeah. We both absolutely love it. Do not but regret our still things that can improve. So, that is the end of this episode of Two Brick Gamers. Join us again in a couple of weeks' time when we'll have a new episode coming up. Indeed. Do, do we know what we're going to be talking about there yet? No idea. No idea at all. Fair enough. Christmas, Maybe Christmas, Christmas trees and fairy lights. <laughs> as long as they have rage racing, that's the main thing. Exactly. But yeah, so that's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. Take care. See ya.